Uh, good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am, um, I am nobody today. I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I have a lot of things happening right now. So I'm very tired. Um, I am Martin Luther King's daughter telling people to stop quoting my daddy out of context. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, she's a tired woman. You talking about somebody that's tired? I know that she hates this time of year. Every year, she got to get on here. It's well, funny. You got to deal with goes like, hand in hand with mine. <laughs> she got to deal with people taking the father's name out of the context and all of the gays being cum dumps all weekend. Like it's a very exhausting period. Oh my god! And <laughs> act like that's not what MLK is. I mean, not just the gays, the straights too, because the hood niggas stay in an MLK. They love to put MLK on them fucking flyers like he be really wearing a snapback and a do-rag. Oh, but I, yeah. I am Justin Bieber's Martin Luther King interlude. No. <laughs> <laughs> no we're, not, we're not doing that. <sighs> yes. No. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's so happening? Ridiculous. It's, I no. It's utterly it did not need to happen. It didn't need to happen. It's so. It. I mean, his weird dreads didn't need to happen either. But here we are. None of this needed to happen. Nothing but Justin but Bieber say, did not need to happen. Period. For him to say, "Well, I'm Canadian, and they really teach us Black history." But if y'all talking about it, then I did my job. Like, we're confused. I'm not. With- we're trying to figure out why you did this. <laughs> they didn't teach American Black history. Now, I know it's Black people in Canada. We, Tamia and Deborah Cox. And exactly. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not niggas in Canada. Like, you, they talk like, how you. dare you? You're from the same country as Deborah Cox. <laughs> no. no. He can... We need to let him rest with his, with his friends. I mean... And his friends is all the niggas we listen to, so who is they me? gonna keep trying to make him happen? I don't listen to them niggas. They don't listen to like Gibeon or uh, any of them other no. R&B niggas. Who... I don't know any of these people. I don't know that lady. I just I like listened Gibeon. to my first Playboy Cardi song today, and I want my time back. Why would you do that to yourself? It wasn't me. It was a friend. He's like, listen to this. I was like, this is garbage. Yeah, this is garbage, and I wish I'm about to get litigious on Mr. Playboy and the Carty because this was. A waste I only of my know time. him because that's Iggy Azalea's baby daddy. Didn't oh, know that. Yeah, forgot it all about that, that bitch. Didn't even know that. That's the only reason why I know him, and because then she, because he's the one that everybody think is gay, and she kind of hinted at the fact that he might be, but. Oh, it also kind of came that, off as bitter baby mama. Like that's, that's that Shantae Moore energy. Like, ooh, I can't. There it is. <laughs> yeah, honestly, no shade as much as I love her. Portia Williams season five, too. Yeah, but well, Cord, she ain't the first person to talk about Cordell being gay. Just like Iggy ain't the first person to talk about Playboy Cardi being gay. Like he kind of he gives homo. No. I that. No. Sorry, there's a child here. Mm-mm. 
No, I'm. I, I can care less if that boy vomited glitter, rainbows, and Amanda LaPorte. Yeah, I don't care what like, he do with trash. his life. Like, I genuinely I do don't not know care about his. Honestly, I'm slightly afraid for this next generation after watching and listening to that shit. I said, my goodness. <laughs> y'all gonna need help. So y'all ready to Lord. start Yeah. We need, I guess this segment needs a name, but I ain't thought of one yet. So here we are. So oof, let's start with gay boy nonsense. So <laughs> a TikToker named Roy Rory Teasley. Do y'all know who that is? Because I don't. I mean, I know he's popular, but I don't like know him. Yeah, he is the boy with the big booty. Yeah, well, his boyfriend strangled him to death over a game of over. Yeah, the one from here. Uh, yeah. His his Instagram name is um, Two Pump for TV. I've been following him for actually a few years. Uh, well, yeah, he he strangled his boyfriend strangled him over a game of Overwatch. Yeah, they yeah. um. They got into a, a disagreement over the game and he killed them for it. So I don't even that know what Overwatch sad. is, so I just can't imagine it being that deep. It's a Overwatch is a first person shooter. I feel like it's one of those games that Brooklyn be wanting to play, but I'm like, no, this looks violent. So it's not that violent. It's kind of like what's the other big one that's out right now that all the kids play? Uh Fortnite. It's similar oh. to Fortnite. She in like really a play Fortnite either, gameplay. for the same reason. Um, it's not too bad of a game. It's just why are we strangling each other over any video game? Yeah, now, let me say that this. was my thing. I was like, damn, how you do you touch have my PS4? Like, I'm confused. Then I'm killing you, but I'm not going to strangle you because I lose. Like, no, no. I was I really trying to figure out like, what did he have at stake for this game to strangle this person That's, over? But I, I mean, think the as far as what were you about to say, Aaron? I was going to say, I mean, it's also just a real sad reality that, like, every six months or so, we do hear about a domestic incident, uh, fatal or otherwise, yeah. among, among gay couples in Metro Detroit specifically. Like, yeah. like clockwork. Like, you always hear something. If it's not a domestic issue, it's um, a, a meetup gone wrong at, at a motel or something like that mm-hmm. it's always a motel but yeah um, it is always yeah. a motel. <laughs> um, the saddest part about this for me is that apparently they have been together for 10 years and like this is how it is yeah they have been together for a long time and they like have built their creator careers together and stuff like that so it's it's sad that one's dead and one literally like his whole life is fucked up and ruined now over a video game. Yeah. Um, Two Pump for TV was out here really like making a name for himself. He was teaching twerk classes. He was doing his little TikTok stuff. He was doing his Instagram stuff. He had a couple of sponsorships too. So it's really sad to see him go. That shit baffled me. Because yeah, I literally, I the day that it happened, I, I was scrolling I on Instagram and somebody like, somebody I sent it to me was like, yo, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I didn't follow him. I've seen them before, like, you know, because 
when you're popular on these platforms, your videos inevitably gonna come across everybody's timeline. So I've seen them, but I didn't follow either of them. Yeah. He um I enjoyed watching him twerk. He was very talented. <laughs> it was no, also, that nigga it was, was talented. I was gonna it was also rare because I'm on TikTok a lot. And mm. it's rare to see a black and black gay couple. Yeah. So, yeah. No shade to my my interracial couple friends. Oh, my God, gay couples, you see our interracial <laughs> But you only see two kinds of gay couples on TikTok. Two white dudes, conventionally attractive. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'll say three times. I'll say it's, it's two skinny white dudes. It's two bare white dudes. Mm-hmm. Or, or usually... I, so I have no shade for inter- interracial couples. <laughs> <laughs> this just feels like it's about to get controversial. I'm like, you said this, this in three times. Looks like you know you about to say something wild. I do not having played on the other side a few times myself, but also just knowing a few on TikTok though, it's a little bit different. And let me tell you about these interracial couples on TikTok. Not to take away from. <laughs> I've just got to talk about this. The thing about a black, white, interracial couple on TikTok is, and it's a few of them. It's a few of them. It's not one or two. It's a few. The It's always the running joke of like the black person in the, the black dude in the relationship either. It's always like a black joke that the white partner does not get in on. And it's almost like humiliating and degrading in a way. It's just like, it's always like, oh, we're going to dance together and the Black person's always on beat. Or name all these name all these Black-ass songs from the 90s and the white person don't know any of them. Or it's always like a cooking video. It's just like, my white partner has never eaten greens. And it's just like, the, the, what the, like, what? what it's almost Why like- Why do a, we need to televise this? Like, no. It's almost a But you see that with interracial straight couples too. It's always like my white boyfriend taking my hair down or my Asian yeah. trying <laughs> black food for the first time. And it's like, this shit is weird. And no, it's I know like, what you mean. Quite honestly, the, the interracial couples I know in real life do not really be on that. They it's, don't. For they, real, for real. It's just, they be like, I don't want to say they're like new. Obviously, they have their like cultural differences when when the bridge comes they cross to it but it's never like that it's, it's it's never like that it's always like something small it's just like oh we call it pop y'all call it soda <laughs> move on yeah it's never like oh i'm gonna make some mac and cheese and he ain't never seen it with five kinds and, and like, <laughs> right like like how like it, it's almost like it's it's like it's like almost like a humiliation king for the white person, but it's also like the black person is like going overboard. She's like, see how I'm black, I'm black, 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 black. It's like I saw this it's exhausting. It was a black dude and his um Chinese, I think she's Chinese, his Chinese girlfriend. Well, I think they're married now, but it was like she's gonna braid my hair for the first time. So like well, first it was she's going to get cornrows for the first time. So he took her to his sister's salon so she could get cornrows. And then from there, she then braided his hair. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. And it's another one. It's another one I think about. You know, it's all, you know, now it's also now I won't say it's humiliating, but it is kind of funny on the opposite side, a hetero couple where the black where's the black woman and a white man, and like now they're actually kind of they're all like 
it's 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 like ninety percent less problematic. It's not it's not perfect, but it's just a lot less problematic. The white male in the couple has some one one thing about it, like they appreciate their partners without being like um pandering, patronizing, like, oh my black queen, blah blah blah. It's mm-hmm. just like they, they love their partners, but it's not like in that well, like, like, <laughs> Yeah. But you know what's cute oh about God. their videos though? It's like when they be going through like <laughs> Like it's this one dude that's just like I ain't never seen these kind of spices before. I like you can tell like or they go through like the beauty products. And it's just like I just use deodorant and hair gel. This bitch got grease and this and this. <laughs> now it was funny when the uh, the black girl who had, who was adopted and she was looking for her hairspray. You know her olive oil hairspray. And she found it in the kitchen because her white parents thought it was cooking spray. That was <laughs> to me. <laughs> they about to burn the house. They really down. Just sprayed the pans with. <laughs> so when you said Chet Hanks, uh, funny. This is not the first time this week Chet Hanks has come up <laughs> <in> my <laughs> life. And it's um, very I don't want him to be a part of it. Like, leave me alone. Very specifically, we were standing at work and there was white dude. Dude was gorgeous. And everybody stopped and was like, damn. Even the straight boys were like, damn. And I caught myself because I said to one of my coworkers, I said, we about to have a Chet Hanks white boy summer this summer. <laughs> and he, it's a straight boy. And he looked at me, he was like, nigga, what the Fuck! <laughs> I, I mean, I was my head and walk away. Y'all know I was in Nashville over the weekend. Oh my god! I again Nashville over the weekend. So I went to brunch, and I'm sitting there and I'm having a conversation with the person I'm having brunch with, and this white man sits next to me, and he was aggressively fine. Like I was just like, "Why are you attacking me?" with this fineness like it's it was distracting i couldn't even finish my conversation i said this nigga has to move because i can't focus like uh-huh. it was too much <laughs> hashtag chet hanks <laughs> yeah but fuck chet hanks though so no no see no seriousness everything everything about him yeah fuck him like seriously your daddy is i blame drake been quiet <laughs> but here you are right i blame drake drake for chet hanks and also, his daddy knowing how to play spades. Yes. Tom Hanks has never let us down. Not at all. Yes, he did. In what the form doing? of Chet Hanks. But see, that's oh. just it. Tom's <laughs> other son be chilling. Tom's other son just be chilling, getting these little acting roles, not being ridiculous. And then here come Chet's stupid ass. <laughs> just being all kinds of dumb. He done fucked one black girl, beat up another, and now he's just an expert in all aspects of blackness. Allegedly. But he also got hit <laughs> with that fucking cast and skillet. He forget. That's what we do. <laughs> I saw a TikTok that was like on the opposite of that. It was like white girls date a black guy for two weeks, and then all of a sudden they be experts in rap music, but they always play. <laughs> they always play the baby and like all, all the stuff you already heard. They try, to push you up. they try to put you onto it like, oh, you ain't never heard this. It's just like, girl, we heard that. Like, I right. met some of them over the weekend. It was a very aggressive black scent. And they was in Nashville to see Moneybag Yo. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Why does that man's name keep coming up in my life? And where is my goddamn name? money bag, yo? He is. I keep hearing his name. It's like, why is he around me? I'm confused. <laughs> I have not heard. I now, granted, I've not heard of his songs, but for him to be consistently like popping up, um, I've heard he, his music. It might, it might not be that bad. I feel like I might have heard like one song, like a Uber. I've done a reel to one of his songs. <laughs> like, I'm okay on Moneybag Yo and Playboy like Party. I'm okay. I don't, like, he really looks when like you Brent. get a normal name then you talk to me. your name is richard or fred these names I'm have good. normal names i don't know why you're expecting that not i don't expect nothing out of these i'm not gonna listen to their shit well let's move on so aquaman and denise huxtable and announced their divorce in the most oh, yeah. way possible that shit is sad. It I is. saw that and got real sad. Because they're cute together. They've been together for 15 years. Yeah. He manifested this shit because he said very early, I'm going to marry her. Yeah. <laughs> but their statement was so hippie. It's so funny to me. It wasn't like annoying like Gwyneth Paltrow's statement of her conscious uncoupling. This was just funny to me. So this is what they said. We have all felt the squeeze and changes of these transformational times. A revolution is unfolding and our family is no exception. Feeling and growing from the systemic shifts occurring. And so we share our family news that we are parting ways in marriage. The way that it's written, like the first (laughs) half of it, honestly sounds like it's going to be a baby announcement. Right, right. We share this not because we think it's newsworthy, hmm, but so that as we go about our lives, we may do so with dignity and honesty. The love between us carries on, evolving in ways it wishes to be known and lived. We free each other to be who we are learning to become. (laughs) Our devotion unwavering to this sacred life and our children teaching our children what's possible, living the prayer, may love prevail, J&L. So here's my thing. (laughs) I do not care that they broke up. I am not surprised. There is literally only one celebrity couple that I will be utterly heartbroken if they ever broke up. I don't care if they... I don't care if you break up with your ex or break up with your your spouse when you are 99 and 100. I, I will not be surprised. But... I promise you, if we lose Grand Hill and Samia, oh, that ain't never happened. <laughs> that ain't if happened. we lose them, there is no hope for humanity. Just send the asteroid, blow yeah. up the Earth. Everybody else, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if if because nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises me about breakups and divorce at this. I also kind of say the same about Beyonce and Jay Z because I don't think either one of them going nowhere. No matter what, they ain't breaking up either. I don't think they're going anywhere. No. We got. I would. She did lemonade, and he been holding her ankles ever since. I mean, at least not until I feel like if it was to happen. It would be when the kids are older. Yeah. Like grown, grown. And by that time, he'll yeah. be like 80 years old, so it won't even fucking matter. No. Also, like, you know, I'm like, because he is significantly older than 
she is, I feel like once he starts hovering around 60 and she is still in her 40s, like she might want to try something younger, you know. Be, see, like, I see her. it as a, I think it's gonna be like Celine Dion and her husband. They're gonna be oh, out yeah. here solid until he died, and then she gonna go fan, you know what I'm saying? Her little young piece. Well, the part of the reason why people of any of, of that have any kind of age gap, really, especially as you get older, is because that younger person helps to keep you youthful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, as long as he's up and running and he's still being hove, like we good, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure I mean, she got. Aren't, aren't they both vegans now? Yeah. Oh, but it's like you say sixty. He's be not alive. that far from it because I think Jay Z is like fifty thirty. <laughs> He ain't that is far. He? I thought he was like 46, 47. No. He's in his 50s. Been, been oh, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. Not a couple of years. A couple of years. He's been 50. That's why I thought he was like 48, 49. Nah, he's like, four, he's like 53 because Beyonce will be oh. 40 this year. That whole gener- like Because think about yeah, it. That yeah, whole he's 52. DMX was 50 when he died and they mm-hmm. came out around the same time. So that whole generation like like dudes that came I mean, out like 90, Gary just turned 60, so damn, didn't realize he was 52. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> and he walked around. I hate it when he had those locks in. He still has them. What are you talking about? He still has them. <laughs> Let them <laughs> go. Those fucking I okay. That's Look, what I'm saying. I love our people. I love our hair. His form locks. That's a I hate like form locks. That is a midlife crisis. It's a cry for help. Um, <laughs> it is a cry for help. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I'd be like, you've got to shave this now. That's if you want long hair, get a he is never. That is never going nowhere. Uh, well, if they keep forming the way they are, shit, them things going to break off. I don't know. They kind of thick. Who really knows? Yeah, because it's those damn freeform locks like what's his name that was a rapper that went up that don't help that went on loving hip-hop miami the light-skinned one with the one big lock and then oh. it turned around into a knot yeah i know who you're talking about he used to rap with rick rouse i don't remember his name but i know who you're mm-hmm. talking about i hate freeform locks i'm sorry y'all i mean no. you know it'd be like that that's the one contribution the south could have kept <laughs> They could have kept that. That's his, you know, that's his tribute to Basquiat because, you know, he's an, he's an art guy, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he right. said. Right. <laughs> Look, I'm just repeating what was said. I don't, personally, I kind of want him to cut him off, but it ain't my head, so I don't care. <laughs> I, just, I, I feel like you can pay tribute to an artist without Yeah, looking like a damn fool. Yeah. Just collect the art, do what you gotta do. His is the basketball estate don't even mess with any of that. Like the whole branding and, and association. Oh no, because no, they do. Cause when I tell you basketball's art be on every fucking thing, the second I saw that shit on you Un- a uniglue, I was like, oh, y'all just be licensing shit. All right. Oh yeah. I do have a basketball shirt from Uniglow. I do. <laughs> I was like, y'all just be licensing. That's just they licensed the name of the workout. Yeah. Y'all just be licensing shit. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even care where y'all license this shit too. It's just fucking. Can we get a coin? Like, you know, Aliyah's uncle. Oh. Anyway. So 
TMZ decided to talk to Lamar Odom in the wake of this Tristan Thompson nonsense. In which Lamar Odom said that Tristan Thompson is corny and Chloe deserves better. Now, to that, I say, my editors noticed, sir, didn't you cheat on her too? <laughs> More than once, twice? Because according to your memoirs that I listened to, you said Chloe used to be running up in hotels to beat bitches up because you was out there cheating. I, so, pot kettle? Uh-uh. I'm saying. <laughs> this is, I am, okay. Mm-mm. No, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and it's only because we talked about third trimester Tristan on another episode that I felt the need to even mention this. But it's like, you can't call him corny for doing the same shit you was doing. Because you was out here watching I'm I'm Lamar didn't need to say one. Lamar didn't need to say nothing. Not a damn thing. He didn't need to open his. He could have kept his mouth. If that's if he felt like Chloe deserved better, he could have kept his motherfucking mouth shut and not be another fuel to the fire or adding to the distress that this woman is already facing. He really could have kept walking. You could have kept your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And if that's how you felt. You should have called that bitch. Mm-hmm. Don't sit your ass down, Lamar. I thought he was. I quite honestly thought he was still in that coma. Like, because <laughs> no, because we literally have not heard from him for that long. Was it? And wasn't that the wildest? Couple? Like, wasn't he like with some strippers or some prostitutes? Nothing. Not, nothing in Vegas. Like, Just leave it to you. In and getting in the hospital for a long time. Yeah. And that's when why Chloe filled off the divorce because he was in the hospital. And then Chloe, and then his his auntie tried to fight Chloe. Lamar Odom coma. Yeah, he was that. in the coma because he they found him in that damn brothel. But then at the hospital, his auntie <laughs> tried to fight Chloe. Lamar Odom coma brothel. <laughs> because Chloe didn't know his family like that because he never introduced her to his family. So when all these people show up, she wouldn't let them go upstairs. And his auntie really tried to fight them. And then his other auntie was like, you bitches ain't that cute? No fucking way. I mean, yeah. She but didn't she lie. didn't know them. So it made sense why she didn't let nobody up there because she didn't know these motherfuckers. She like, ah. because he never introduced her to his family. So he racked up a $75,000 bill mm-hmm. out of a brothel. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up in a coma. Yep. Leave it to you, Aaron, to bring this shit up. Because he opened up drugs. I just finished listening to his book. So that is just mm -mm. that's why I was because I was wondering why he was trending, but he was trending because people just realized that he used to date Taraji P. Henson, and that's who he was with before he got with Chloe. Yeah. How do people never mind? People didn't know that because, you know, she not one. She already said, if you ain't got no ring, bitch, you're not going nowhere with me. And Yeah. Yeah. Plus, she kind of keeps a lot of her life kind of. She keeps a lot of her life private. Yeah. People was very much like, why would you leave Taraji for Chloe and blah, blah, blah. Like. Because he thought Chloe was going to be easier. Yeah, because Taraji wasn't. Playing that shit with you. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out of here. 
So Kanye West has been in the news a lot. Oh, for fuck's sake. Listen, <laughs> all I do is tell y'all what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't make the niggas act stupid. I just tell y'all when they do. So... <laughs> First, there was the the fan that he punched in the face. He punched a fan in the face. So this is what this is the story from what I understand it because he went over there on Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee's messy ass. I did see he was on Hollywood Unlocked, and I was very confused by that. The way I understood this to be was he was it was outside of a nightclub, and he was out there and it was like his cousin was out there and some other people and this fan was like trying real hard to get an autograph like being mad aggressive and Kanye kept telling the fan to talk to his cousin and the cousin wouldn't step in so him and his cousin got into it and all through the time him and his cousin is yelling back and forth the fan is still trying to push this autograph and Kanye got pissed and punched him in the face what but I feel like this is routine for him at this point. It is. So. Well, he also, he also said that the man was taking the autographs to make money on them, too. Yeah, he said, like, dude was trying to sell it. It wasn't, like, just somebody trying to keep it for their personal collection. Which is why he didn't want to talk to him, because then he started saying it was paparazzi. He was like, no, it was a fan, but they was on this bullshit. So that's all going on. And then the next day, this, like, Dish track to Pete Davidson gets leaked. Yeah, like he said something like "God save me from that crash" just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass, and talking about how he's mad because he went to SNL with Kim and she kissed Pete in a skit, and he didn't know that they were like seeing each other. But from what I understand, they didn't start seeing each other till after SNL, so I don't even know what he's talking about. And then was saying that, you know, Pete's in the house and he's not allowed to go there. And so he bought the house across the street from her. And then it was like, it's been a lot. Cause then like Chicago had a birthday, had just had a birthday. She turned four or something. And he went on Instagram live talking about how won't nobody tell him where the birthday party is and Kim trying to keep his kids from him and they like no it was a misunderstanding because we didn't know what the fuck to see your invitation to because you don't have no home he said you kind of have oh go ahead he said Travis Scott gave him the address to the party he did get there eventually somebody gave him the address and he got there eventually but they're like you don't have a place where you live which Kanye has said he does not he didn't have a home and so he just bought this one across the street from Kim so it's like where are we gonna send an invite to nigga we don't even know where you be at like eh. it's so clearly, clearly buying a house across from your ex and doing all this other kind of stalker behavior is out of line however yeah uh, I do have a little bit of an unpopular opinion about I'm not saying that once you're separated from your partner or spouse that you don't have a right to move on. But I feel like because there are kids involved, you do need to have communication about like, I'm going to be here with our child at this place at this time with this person. I agree um, with that. 
I don't now for to be fair as I'm talking about this everybody from the Kardashian side says that Pete has never been inside of their home has never been inside of Kim's home has never been around Kim's children none of that um they said that he wasn't at the baby's birthday party I haven't seen any pictures to indicate that he was. So I, I I just, I don't feel like Kanye is the easiest person to communicate and or co-parent with because he's very much, I want everything to happen the way I want it to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a big part of his beef is that he wants to approve North's TikTok videos before she posts them. Yeah, as you should, though. But uh, yes and no. Because it's like, you're not the parent in the home. And if her mother deems it appropriate, why do you need to? You know well, what I'm saying? This isn't average. This isn't the average Right, um, but it's family. not like she... So it's not like Kim, both. No, I get that, but it's also not like Kim ain't never been famous. Yeah, no, but also, too, they both should have say over like oh well this is you propose because let's stop and really think about what the kardashians have exposed of themselves to be that famous. i don't i don't disagree completely but at the same time i do go back to one if you look at the evolution of the kardashians they've definitely gotten especially Kim post-robbery, they've definitely gotten more... Also, your child shouldn't have a TikTok. Like, your kid shouldn't have a TikTok. Like, any TikToks that you do, you should, that should be done, you should be doing with your child. No, Kim like, is in... That's And that's what I'm saying. Well, no, because I've seen a couple in, of videos of North running around with her little camera on live. When she yeah, running her. around with the phones uh, sometimes here and there. But for the most part, Kim is in almost all of these TikToks. She but don't need a phone. The way I, rich. The way I look at this is like... Yes, both parents have a say in what goes on with the children. Very much so. I'm not at all saying one parent has more of a say than the other. My problem is that Kanye is not the custodial parent, yet he wants... 24-hour check-ins as if he is. It's like, if that's what you want, then just be the custodial parent. I mean, that's it, too. Because if you're not going to be the custodial parent, then you don't get to dictate hour by hour what happens in my house. Also, get your child off of fucking TikTok. Because if you didn't... It's not like North got this TikTok after y'all split up. North had this TikTok when y'all was together. Get so her a little iPod. Get her a little iPod. She download her little games on it. But who she got to call? She ain't got nobody. She ain't got no job. Well, I ain't gonna talk about that because I know a lot of uh, shit. Most of Brooklyn's class has. I know most of I'm about kids say, have phones. Kids, the algorithms be giving kids stuff different than the adult stuff. But it's like it's not like she got a TikTok post y'all break up. She had the TikTok when y'all was yeah. together, so you didn't have an issue with it. So to now step in 
as if her mother isn't a good enough gatekeeper because you have to be in control is weird to me. It's so... I am exhausted on... I'm exhausted by all of them. They I mean, you continue with the nonsense. That's not Kardashian involved, but it's still foolishness. It is. Well, Kanye... On the note of Kanye, I just need that man to sit down somewhere, go get some help, do some self-reflection, drink some water, take a nap, maybe wear something that's not an over car, oversized Carhartt coat. I need maybe him feel to take good off for yourself a little bit. Boots. I'm tired of him in the squeaky boots. The way I see I'm just tired it, of him. The, the way I look at it, if Kim is legitimately withholding his children from him that's dead fucking wrong and she's wrong for it but if he's just saying that because he's not allowed 24 x 24 hour unfettered access to her and those children Mm -hmm. he needs to grow the fuck up I highly doubt that it's you don't get access to your children but I also do I think it's somewhere in the middle I think it's one of those things like, where she's like, no, you there. can't pop up whenever you want. But yeah, so I don't want to be involved because it's very clear that he wants her back and it's very clear that she does not want to be involved. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, because he doesn't have access to her, he's spending it as if she's not allowing him access to his children. Yeah, what I was going to say was I feel like it's something in the middle, but I feel like because of what we have seen from him very recently as far as like public outbursts, there there could be a willingness to withhold the children a little bit more because mm-hmm. he has been acting a whole ass fool, Yeah, especially in the midst of all of this, all over Al Gore's internet. Yeah. Like he... He's in a, he's in a grave of his own making. Let's let her rest. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cardi B had an emotional breakdown in court with this lawsuit with Tasha K. The herpes lawsuit? Yeah. And this is had, so trash. This is so a, sad. See, the thing, and this is why I can't with Tasha K. Because she throws a lot of shit out there with no evidence behind it to get clicks. And it's really damaging to people. And Cardi had this whole breakdown in court about what dealing with this did to her. And because everybody act like celebrities aren't people, nobody had any sympathy for her, even though she's proven with her, her test records that she's never had herpes. She's never had any of the stuff that Tasha K claiming. But they all like, well, she can say what she wants. She just a blogger. Why do you care? And it's like, because when you put that shit out there about people, it does have an effect. And this is why I cannot fuck with Tasha K like that. So there's some things from Tasha K I can stand and watch. Like Tasha K is actually very a very talented interviewer, right? And that's why it's everything she else. She doesn't have to do that. That's she the thing have too. To she doesn't nonsense, have nonsense because she can just do good interviews. Everything else is like everything else is just that, just garbage and nonsense. Um, 
but imagine having like having to turn over court records for something that was just said publicly well not said publicly but said on a specific platform in the hopes of making money off of that monetizing it and then trying to hide behind the idea of like freedom of speech, which that's that's not what freedom of speech that's is. That's not what about, it is. I want you girls. The government isn't infringing really upon your right to speak. Like you are being held accountable for something that you said and profited off of. And to really luck, dig girl. to other go to other blogs and try to paint Cardi as like a bully trying to take you down. When in reality, mm-hmm. you have really spread very damaging false information about this woman and now you're being held accountable for it and now you're going from place to place trying to make it like she's bullying you Mm -hmm. it's really weird and really gross and it's just like you i mean it's it's victimhood she's 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 turned herself in a situation to being the victim yeah but it's like you are a talented interviewer and you could just do Good you can interview. do trashy interviews, but you can do them well. Right. You I've never, never heard of this girl to the lawsuit. Never heard of her. <laughs> this is the woman I told you about that did the Jaguar White three-part special. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was yeah. her. Okay. It's like because <laughs> the thing is, there's so many of these like reality show girls that are so ready to talk to any everybody who will listen to them. And spill guts, life, and everything. Exactly. There's so many of these, like... Shit, that, what's his name? Martel Hoyt? He can't get no rest over on Tasha K channel because she done had the girlfriend, the wife. Exactly. Actually, I think she might have even had his ass. Same with Derrick Jackson. She done had everybody in their mama over there, too. Like, it's... It's like, you can just do good interviews. You don't have to do this other bullshit, but then you want to do all this messy, miserable ass shit. And it's like, I don't like that type of energy. I can't fuck with it. I mean, I guess in, in her mind and her defense, she must have some kind of evidence that she sees that she can stand 10 toes down for in this, in this lawsuit. Because she's been fighting it for, it's been a couple of years at this point. But I really think that this is just, I don't even think that she really thinks she got nothing to stand on necessarily. But it's like, I'm not going to back down because I'm not going to say that I was wrong. Because then she loses viewership. If she backs down from this lawsuit, not everybody looking at, if she like comes out and be like, you know what, I made that shit up. Now everybody looking at you funny and now your page is going to suffer. She can't afford that. But also, it's easy to paint Cardi as the bully because that's what people have been doing. It's like, depending on which side of this argument you're on, it's either Cardi's the bully who pays for her spins and never really earned her career or Nikki's the mean girl. Either way, it's easy to paint both of them into those corners. Yeah. Yeah. I just want Tasha K to let these people be and go and exploit the willing. Don't yeah. make it off the back. There's of plenty of people who want to be exploited. You don't have to deal with these people who don't want to be involved. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Like, you don't have to Nikki, do this. Speaking of Nicki Minaj. Do we have to? What did she do now? She didn't do anything. The lawsuit against her and her husband was dismissed. 
Yeah, but it was voluntarily dismissed. It was voluntarily dismissed, but then the girl's lawyers then came out and petitioned to get off her case because they was like, there's some things happening we don't agree with and blah, blah, blah. And this is where I stand with this because I don't think that I've ever really said one way or the other because I know we've talked about this before. It's on record that he raped her. Yeah. It's no questions about the fact that Nikki's husband is a rapist. No questions about that. But I think that she may have had some tense conversations with Nikki once Nikki married her rapist husband. And because this woman is still in contact with him, there may have been some tense conversations, but I don't, I never really thought that Nikki was just harassing. Wait, what do you mean that she's in contact with him? They, I mean, it's based on court records before this this lawsuit was filed, before it was said that Nikki and her husband was harassing them, she had been in regular communication with him anyway. Like, okay. like him and Nikki started dating when Nikki got pregnant. Like they had been in regular communication anyway, for whatever the reason. You know, sometimes it's like they grew up in the same neighborhood and some shit may have happened, but they, she said, you know, you never know how a victim is going to react to their, their abuser. Mm-hmm. So there had been some regular communication. And I think from that, there may have been some tense conversations with Nikki. But I never wholly believed that Nikki was harassing her. I've always thought it was one of those mutual things where it's like the conversation may not have gone the way you wanted it to go. And maybe you might have even got bested in the conversation, but I just can't see a situation in which Nikki Minaj is going out of her way to try to find this girl. To, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, one, I'm glad this case is done. Me too. Uh, two, I uh, the the I the whole discourse about this on Twitter has been uncomfortable to say the bare minimum, very least. Yeah. Um. It, I want everybody to stop talking about because none of us know really what's going on and what's happening and at the end of the day this girl is still a victim regardless no, i feel like we need to talk about these things but we need to talk about these things in appropriate context but that's why i want everybody to stop talking about it because nobody knows what the appropriate context to speak about them is at the end of the day this girl is still a person who was victimized by this man exactly and whether she talks to him every day every other day don't talk to him at all this is still a person who now she is forced to see regularly. So there could be some trauma re-triggering there consistently. Like, I just, I really want, this is a situation in which everybody's opinion, including ours right now, does not matter. And I think that it's, people don't know how to have responsible conversations around this type of a topic, so they just need to stop talking about it. Yeah. yeah I I'm have, gonna say, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, so 
unrelated, but related to what I, I'm, I'm what my thoughts are. Uh, last week, I at my day job, I had to evaluate all the employees that report to me. Mm-hmm. Um, all good evaluations, but one one of the one of my reports was talking about like how during meetings and whatnot, she you know they're never sure about whether they should bring up an awkward topic. And my response to that was like, there's never a right time to bring up an awkward topic, so you might as well do it. I have that same mentality in this case, in terms of like, there is never an appropriate time. There's never a right time um, because the situation is so severe. Um, Mm -hmm. The only way out of this is if she leaves that man, moves on with her life, and so she can start being associated with it because it's always going to be there. As long as she has an association with that man, by blood, by marriage or whatever. Um, it and it's always, always going to follow her regardless. Too. It's going to follow her. And you can, as long as it is covering over her, chained to her on her back, um, the conversations will be awkward. The conversation, nobody, nobody, nobody will take the time to learn about it because what can you teach somebody about this? So it's never going to be a, a right time to bring it up. It's never going to be a wrong time to not bring it up. So that's just that's just what it is. So yeah, I get that. I always, I'm not gonna lie, I always felt like there was. I always felt like that woman was harassed, and the reason why I always felt like that woman was harassed was solely because of once again, we have to go by, and it's fucked up, but it's the unfortunate thing for everyone in this world. We have to go by the examples that we ourselves have presented to the world. And this gives you the basis for people to exp- explain or understand your behavior. And what we have seen from young, uh, young Minaj, young Nicholas has been that. Sis has gotten her ass up in some shit more than a he few fucking times. He has been a bully more often than not, yes. More than a few times. Is so is it too far to believe her that this happened? For her doing no. it and she, yes. She sent, <laughs> how you going to send these little preachings after Michelle and Donicello? How you going to do that? I was, <laughs> I was done when she sent them babies after that Harvard. reporter who went to, who went to Trinidad to talk to her cousin who had the big balls. And I was just like, bitch, you put the story oh, out there. Right. Like, Yes, she has definitely riled these people up more than once. So I don't, it's not too far to believe, based on the actions that she's presented to the rest of the fucking world, that this has happened. Are there other extenuating circumstances in this case? More than likely. But I'm sorry, you. We got to go by. We got to go by what you have shown us previously, and this is what you've shown us previously as being a possibility. I just. I just think the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know what I'm saying? I think that Nicki Minaj was harassing that girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. Um, it's my damn weed. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Britney Spears and her sister still going at it. Yes. It's been a lot. <laughs> I'm not going piece by piece, but it started with the Good Morning America. And up until this point, Brittany said that she, after her and Justin broke up and she went home and she saw her sister laying on the couch watching TV, then get out to go get in a raft when she couldn't even get a, a drink from her mama because her mama was high and shit. And she said what she should have done was slap both of them bitches, but she didn't. <laughs> so what exactly is, 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 is juicy about this information about 
when Brittany and Justin, who were what, 20, 21, 22, when they broke up and she was sad about the breakup. Yeah. Like, what, what, what are you giving us right now? Like, what? So what, it's what, like, so Brittany's <laughs> whole thing about audit, and I, and this is a case where I side with Brittany. Because Brittany's whole thing. Oh, I do too. I do too. I'm just wondering what 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 are you like, doing by letting us know this? Because Brittany's very much like Miss Jamie. You've never worked for shit. You got your Nickelodeon show because you were my sister. You are now trying to sell a book off of me because you talking about shit that never. She was like, you were 15 years ago when this when all this shit first started happening. You was like 12, like. You weren't around me like that. I was, we ain't even living the same place. Like, it's, there is an age. You're like making up stories now. Like, I was going to say, as someone with siblings with that that age gap, um, I I do not, as much as I love my younger siblings, uh, I, I do not trust them with information that I was going through as an adult when they were still children. I have siblings with that age gap as well. And it's like, y'all don't really know what I was doing because y'all were kids at home. And I was a fully grown person out here in the streets. Like, you don't know what I was doing. So where are you getting these stories from? I I felt like that response was a very curious kind of response, right? And I say that because... Brittany's. And I say that because... Prior to this, when we were still in the throes of the conservatorship battle, Jamie Lynn was um, being held accountable for not helping Brittany in the ways in which Brittany says she should have been helping her. But then her response to this, Jamie Lynn Spears' interview, has been, well, you didn't know me, you didn't know what was going on, and how did, like, where did you get off, and all this other shit. Essentially just alluding to that she had no idea what was happening so when i heard this response i was like this is a really odd so what i got from britney's earlier when britney was earlier talking about her family especially especially considering the age gap too well that's what that's what happens what i got from britney's earlier responses especially when she was talking about her sister was all of y'all have so much to say now but where was y'all at when I needed help because there was a time when Jamie Lynn was responsible for her finances. So for Jamie on paper, yeah. Talk about, oh, I had no idea about any of this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you did because you were a part. But it's like, Brittany's like, you telling these stories, like I pulled a knife on somebody and all this other shit. Like, girl, I wasn't even around you then. Like, what are you talking about? The thing about sibling age gaps is like you have, you essentially have three different phases of the sibling age gap. You have the point where you are, where where the youngest, where the younger sibling is a child and you're also still a child. And you have that brief moment of time where both of y'all are still kids, still minors. And then y'all both walking and talking and, and, and doing all that. And the younger sibling sees what they sees and they're like four or five year old mind and then the the preteen to teenage siblings can still hang play play with them not hang out with them but there's still that there's still kind of that brief time where y'all are just like kids right then you have the second phase then this is like when the older sibling goes off to college starts doing adult things 
and stuff like that. The younger sibling may be Goggins and they may think what was what they know was going on, but they're still at home. They're still a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going off and doing adult things. You drinking, you smoking, you fucking, you doing all this type of stuff, right? <laughs> what is with you and fucking? <laughs> I mean, you got sex. But then the crucial phase is the third phase. And that's when y'all are both adults. And the younger sibling is coming into their own adulthood, learning some things. And this is where the younger sibling has to separate back from fiction, from what they think they know, from what they heard. And then the oldest, the, there, there, there has to be a process where the older sibling has to be comfortable in telling someone that they have largely known as a child the real adult shit like I was out here I was doing this I was doing this I still kind of look at you as a child because I had seen you as a child and then also while I was out doing these adult things you were growing up and I didn't I wasn't always there for that because I was trying to grow up as well as you were growing up as a kid into a teenager I was growing up from like a young adult to a mature adult and so that's when these like hard conversations and emotional conversations start happening because like the younger sibling is going into that adult phase where they can start formalizing things for themselves and and in and like i said separating fact from fiction but they have to have those blanks filled in by the older sibling and so when those conversations start happening that kind of puts both siblings at an awkward phase because like like it, it it's like relearning yourselves all over again mm-hmm. when y'all are both adults when y'all are both like doing all this type of stuff for Jamie Lynn to kind of come out and say, well, like, well, I heard this, I heard this. It's very obvious that Jamie Lynn has not had that adult conversation with her sister. Um, because, well, first of all, in, in this particular circumstance, how can you even have those conversations? Because there's right. so much going on. But but this is why I do not trust anything that Jamie Lynn says, because like it's very obvious that they have not had or had begin to have those kind of adult conversations, those kind of adult conversations that that again that the third phase of, of, of that kind of sibling age relationship but even, so i feel like that, they, um it's a curious thing because you were talking about jamie lynn who's 27 now being in charge of britney's finances so yeah. she would have been roughly about 23 24 yeah. which on paper yes her name was but in logic it doesn't make sense in any way shape or fashion no Two, i know in thinking about like, no, I mean, on paper, yes, but it, there's something else to that. Yeah. And in thinking about the way that Britney Spears was being treated by her parents, in my mind too, there has to be like, Jamie, Jamie definitely wasn't the good kid. You know what I mean? So I'm sure there was some like trauma and bullshit no, I, I, she had to deal with as well. The like they just need to talk. Like they need to take this privately and work this shit out. And I really see that they both were probably like abused. Like, I let's don't be honest. Discount, the thing about it is, I don't discount Jamie Lynn's experience, especially her experience as a very young person in Hollywood. She got pregnant very young, Her, who we know her parents to be. I don't discount that. I just think that maybe she shouldn't try to speak so much about Britney's experience. And it's like so much of them, so much of this whole buildup to this book has been her speaking on Britney's experience. But even Britney and previously Justin's mother has said that 
the whole time that Brittany and Justin were together, Brittany basically lived with them, like, because Justin's mom toured with NSYNC. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's been proven. You can go back and look at old videos and see his mama there in every shot. She was always there because Justin and Lance were both underage. So Brittany was essentially, for, for at least part of the time, raised by Justin's mama. So it's like you really didn't know her because <laughs> there's yeah. this large gap of time where she wasn't even with y'all. That sounds very, I, I hate to stereotype. That sounds very Southern to me where you have like, because I've seen this, I've seen this. It's very Midwestern too, but not like Detroit Midwestern, but like outside of I Detroit know what Midwestern. But you have two kids in love, and then like one parent, the parents on one side be like, "Oh, that's all right." Well, you know what? You yeah. know where we're come, this come on, live here. It's okay. It's like you know where we're seeing this right now is on, and just like that with uh, uh, Miranda yeah. letting yeah. Brady. Now, it, I it actually it does happen to that extreme now, um, but <laughs> but but the extremes of like. The, the parents of one child putting up with a whole lot of stuff from this child's girl girlfriend or spouse, not spouse, boyfriend, partner, um, at a very young age. I can I can see a situation like that happening with Justin's mom, Brittany, and Justin. But this was even weird because in the early days, NSYNC opened for Brittany. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. even she like Justin's mom was like the only adult on the fucking tour that didn't work for them you know what I'm saying so it it's just I don't know I think it's weird that so much of I don't even know I can't even say so much of her book because I haven't read it but so much of her press around this book has been about Britney's experience when she didn't have to she could have just said I don't I'm not here to talk about that her experience is her experience I'm here to talk about my experience. Well, she has nothing to talk about on her own because we only know Jamie Lynn for three things. Being Britney's sister. <laughs> Zoe 101. Zoe 101 and, and being pregnant. 15 and blowing the bag. <laughs> now, she does She does have Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. That's my show. That's my show. She's oh, is she's in a new show? I didn't That's know she was in that. She was. It came out at the height of the pandemic when the pandemic first started. We was all sitting at home. And yeah. it's, it's I know the show. Time. I just didn't know she was on it. <laughs> if you love those like Lifetime, Hallmark, Hallmark, those Hallmark type, those Hallmark type movies, movies, yeah, it, where it's like a small town, but everybody got a secret, and like it's it's like small town secrets, like oh who's who's messing with the baker or, or or like who's messing with the person that picks the flowers and stuff like that. Uh, Heather Headley is in it, and she's so nigga. Good. What? <laughs> I'm telling you, this show is because so it came out during the pan- like that first part of the pandemic when it was literally nothing to do. Is with this a Tyler Perry function? It, no. it, it, imagine if like a white Tyler Perry came up with 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 this because it's 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 got that type of vibe. Um, okay, it, it's got. So it's got the daughter from Reba, the <laughs> the lead actress from Drop Dead Diva, and Heather Headley are the Ooh. three main characters. Jamie Lynn Spears plays the mistress of one of the girls' husbands, and it's it's I'm telling you, 
I sat and watched this whole thing for a weekend and I am hooked and Jamie Lynn Spears is in it and then the season two comes out in two weeks and I am ready for it. I am ready for it. It it got me like the first episode starts out slow, but then it gradually builds up. I'm like, bitch, this is this small town got some secrets. What is the name of this? Magnolia? Still Magnolia's. No, this is still Magnolias. Steel Magnolias is a movie. Sweet Magnolias is oh, sweet oh, Magnolias. Magnolias. It's completely I can't remember which was which. It's like it's, I know they did not put Jamie Spent. No, not in that. We're not doing it. that. No, it definitely has a very similar. Like, this is why people get it confused because it definitely has a very similar vibe to Steel Magnolias. Yeah, in fact, it's a lot of white women in the South, in a small town with Southern access and stuff like that. <laughs> they could have did a better job with like branding this a little bit better, but I'm telling you, like, yeah, I, I said it, yeah, I said it was the TV show version of Steel Magnolias, but I also have never watched it. I just, I, that's why I didn't know she was in it because I never watched it. I knew Heather Headley was in it because I kept saying I was going to watch it. I just never did. And they that's actually kind do, of a gag. They actually do Heather Headley very well on this show. She got her own storyline. She she acts she be acting a little bit in this show like I I wish she was saying but like she she be she be giving you like she be giving you story she be giving you plot like okay I love it all right work Heather Headley I didn't know she was acting that's why I watched it because did not know because you know when you log on to Netflix and they be trying to trick you into watching white TV shows by putting a black person out front. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how they got me, <laughs> nigga. I hate you. Netflix I'm bad you said that. <laughs> no, Netflix is good for that. They will very much trick you into watching some white nonsense by putting that one black like, person up front. I was like, Heather Helly's on Netflix since she getting the Netflix money, and then I look, I'm like, damn, she. Is she in a, on a cast full of white people? <laughs> but is that the girl from Reba? Damn that bitch! But then they build you. I mean, they got me though. They got me. They build you up to it. I'm like, mm, this is good. Let me, let me. <laughs> so Kendrick Lamar. He's talking about light skinned girls with natural hair. He is set to produce a comedy in which a black man works as a slave reenactor for a museum mm-hmm. and then he along the way finds out that his white girlfriend's family owned his family uh, <laughs> there, there, there's just no way i there is no way you can explain that to me i don't care if it's a drama, what you're talking about there was a museum here that was doing that i just no i don't care if it's a drama i don't care if it's a comedy it's if, if it's satire there's do I no want reason. anything to do with it? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. We are so <laughs> done with, with slavery, anything. With, with some exceptions, with some exceptions. But for the most part, no. Mm-mm. I don't want nothing to do with this because fuck all of this shit. See, you had me at the, okay, Black man who is a slavery actor at a museum. And that's only because there is a museum here where that was a thing. My issue is... Um, you lost me at the family. My my girlfriend's family used to own my family. That's it where sounds, I was like, okay, left turn. It sounds like they're either, it sounds like it could be two things. It sounds like they're either going for satire slash comedy or they're trying to go for the, it like, is get comedy. out. comedy. 
It is and a comedy. But my thing is nothing in my spirit wants to be involved in this. Not, the, not the, I'm gonna be honest, not if like not with Kendrick Lamar's hands on it. But for me to have to watch something like this, there has to be the hands of like some kind of feminine and smart energy. So I just, I will explain the context of this offline, but I saw Slave play on Broadway. Oh, God, no. (laughs) I was going to go see it, but my tickets got canceled because of COVID, so. I saw Slave play. It was interesting, to say the least. My point is, though, Hmm. I feel like we can do we can do very smart comedy. We meaning us, we can do very smart comedy without going to slavery route. Like invest this energy in making something hilarious, funny, and also thought provoking. Like I, I, I love, I love comedy. I love to just sit back, laugh, to turn my brain off. But even more, I love the kind of comedy that's just like, oh, it's a message here. What's the message, right? Like, I, I feel like you can invest that same energy into literally any part of the Black experience except for slavery. Like, I would love to just see, like, some Black satire, satirical comedy in modern, in modern times. In modern times. Like, give us something in 2022. Give us something in the 90s. Give us something in t- in the 2000s, if you really want to do something historical, we always got to go back to slavery to like make people think. And it's like, laugh. there's so like, many other stops that we can hit before we get to slavery. It's so much stuff that I mean, not to discount slavery. I'm not trying to say that. But I I'm mean, just like, slavery is what it was. But at the same time, we don't. They don't have to be the well we always go to. There's so many other points along the way that we yeah. can stop it before we get there. You can even go. You can even go into like. Like if like going going into the past, like the 1910s and 1920s, where racism clearly existed, but even give us something from then. Like it's always slavery. Like I do not want to see us in pain. You no, know, what I want to watch, what I think will be hilarious, and if somebody make this, I want my coins. I want to see a comedy about the Motown singer who didn't make it. Yes. Outside of his real USA, just singing his ass off and never got signed. I want to see a comedy about that. That's that's you want to see that. Just go stand at Mac and Bewick. That's and that's exactly what it should be. That's what I want. I want that show to happen because this show Detroiters is very funny to me, but that's not the version I want. I want this. Is that still on? I thought they got canceled. No, I don't know. I didn't start no, watching they, it so late, so I literally couldn't tell it you. It was only what one season? No, it it was two seasons. They tried everything to save it, and then they couldn't. I didn't start no. watching it so late, and it's funny, but I also get why I wouldn't make it. It's a funny show, but I completely understand why I wouldn't make it. It's it's a little bit to me, and this is no shade because I actually met some of the people that created the show. Mm-hmm. I personally thought it was like not for us exactly (laughs) it's not at all for us and the thing about it is it's nuanced but not in a way that people who are actually from Detroit would get you know what I'm saying like this is nuanced in a way of people who are from the surrounding areas that claim Detroit but don't really go into the city I, I mean, the, the little bit that I saw of it, I couldn't even give it that. 
I knew plenty. Now you of, gotta watch it a little bit to get to that point. I knew plenty of. I knew a, a few. I'll say a few. I knew a few people in our demographic who did like it though. I think, however, I hate to make comparisons, but um, Abbott Elementary on mm-hmm. with Old Girl. Now, yeah. if, if Detroiters was made and that, I feel like that's the style Detroit was going for, but Al- Abbott Elementary has that same kind of style, but it's clearly like superior. It's, it's superior, but it, I feel like it was made with, with us in mind and mm-hmm. also translate to people not from us. That's what a lot of these shows are missing. It, it, it feels like, oh, we'll put some black people in it. We'll do this. We'll do this. But it never, tra- it never like crosses over. It never like it, it just it never feels like it's made with us first and then anybody else second. Yeah, mm-hmm. Abbott Elementary is the opposite. It's like it feels like it's 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 made clearly for us and then with everybody else second, right? So that's where that's where a lot of these shows just do not be hidden for me. Like, yeah, what was I think about? Um, oh, our our friend, um, our big our our BBW comedian friend. That I feel Ooh. Nicole <laughs> Byer. Oh, I thought you. I'm sorry. I thought I was thinking BBL, and I was so <laughs> wrong. What? That's what I was like. Who? She's in that category where it's just like she's not making it for us. She's making it for us second, and, and everybody else first. She's making like, it for white who would like to be around us, but don't really quite understand us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate to say it. I hate. To say I don't want to be like all oh, black people are monolith. We all like this. No, uh, we're definitely we not a monolith, but at the same time, it's very clear when shit was not directed at us. No, I'd be I don't want Kendrick Lamar to make movies like at all. Um, and for something like if for something like this to be tackled, like it it has to it has to be done by the right person. And I don't have faith that he's the right person for that. I don't know that Kendrick Lamar and tactful can be used in the same sentence. But I also think Kendrick Lamar is a big ass phony, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I said no. He can't be, he cannot be the one doing this. This is not his lane. You need the kind, you need expertise before you start diving into history. Like you need at least you like- really do. Yes. You, this has to be like a crossover between Christopher Guest and Ava DuVernier. Yeah. And I'd use the two of them specifically because, well, obviously Ava DuVernay is Black and can handle navigating Black issues. But Christopher Guest as a writer is extremely talented. And yes, Christopher Guest is white, but extremely talented with his way of nuance to handle things like this. Mm -hmm. I don't even want her to do it. She's going to be the type of person that would like, did y'all see that one movie or see the scene from the one movie where like the black person gets shot by the police and he falls on the ground and then the blood stain that comes out of him is shaped like the continent of Africa? Yeah. No. She does do a lot. Not just that. Like, no. like, she be doing it. I'm like, nah. I don't no. want How to dare do you? I found her a wrinkle. She did a wrinkle in time and I wept. No, How we dare you? We enjoyed a wrinkle in time. We saw it that in- was my like. Brooklyn has the movie poster hanging in her bedroom, I believe. We, I lived. We enjoyed it, but it's also like she also does a lot. So there's drama at the racist lunchroom. <laughs> at who? The racist lunchroom. So Cracker Barrel. Oh. <laughs> <I was> like- <laughs> 
has been ordered to pay a customer $9.4 million because one of their servers gave this motherfucker kitchen cleaner instead of water. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, how you how you make that mistake? What Who said it was a mistake? You right. Where, where, <laughs> where, where in the United States was this Cracker Barrel? Because let me tell you something. That one on 90, let me see. That one on 94 in Belleville. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I love that Cracker It was in Tennessee, which is wild because I was just the... I was going to say, if it was below the Mason-Dixon line, I will have to judge. However, I, I am pro Cracker Barrel. I am pro, like, yes, it do be given... Jim Crow, nineteen. It's very racist lunchroom, but them apple, them baked apples be hitting though. They do every that French toast, that sausage, that those little miniature bottles of, of syrup. You can ask the server; you can put them in your purse. Um, it do be giving. Up. It do be giving colored only water fountain vibes, but but mm-hmm. we be in there. <laughs> we be that one on ninety four in Belleville. I'm telling you, that is. That was low-key the spot from like 2004 to like before y'all started set calling Cracker Barrel races. Now don't nobody want to go there no more. Like I mean, I go when I'm down south, but it it very much be like it very much give Confederate flags on the porch behind the niggas in the rock behind the white people in the rock and chair. Like I go when I'm in the south though, because I actually think I went to Cracker Barrel this weekend because I was in Tennessee. I'm sure I went to Cracker Barrel this weekend. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't do the Cracker Barrel. It, Them it, it make apples I'm okay. Yes, the bell rings and it says nigga when you walk in. But <laughs> even still. I don't mess with Cracker Barrel. If I'm going to a racist place, I'm going to Waffle House. Oh, I can't fuck with Waffle House. I've lived. I be having heartburn and shit. That shit too goddamn greasy. And you might get shot. The cook might shoot you. Shit. That's Don't yeah. Your shit back because the cook gonna shoot you right in the fuck in your face. Like <laughs> we, we got lucky. The last time we went, we got very lucky, and the woman it was an older white woman who was taking care of us, and she gave me a Waffle House princess pin, and I was the happiest gay in all of the world. I went to a Waffle House in Atlanta, and this the people at the table next to me was being very, very belligerent and weird. And the server was like, y'all gonna have to get the fuck out. Like, straight up said, y'all gonna have to get the fuck out. What the fuck you gonna do if I don't? The the cook came from off that grill and was like, bitch, what is the problem? And pulled a whole ass gun on these niggas. I said, see, this is why I don't come in here. This is the type of ghetto shit I can't be around. <laughs> well, this weekend has proven that it's not just the... It's not just the blacks with the ghetto shit. Oh, not at all. Ghetto shit has Well, Aaron know what I'm talking about. <laughs> ghetto shit is across racial lines. So the weekend, everybody was doing the most because they was like, the weekend's the number one streamed artist of the year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first, chill out. It's been 15 days. Calm the fuck down. But Billboard then came out today. And was like, no, no, girl. No, no, no. Because the weekend is not number one. It's actually gonna. And this was the Billboard statement. In partnership with Billboard, data deemed suspicious and unverifi- unverifiable is disqualified prior to the final calculation. 
This can cause delays in publication, which all that says to me is they thought the weekend was number one, then realized this nigga had fake streams and was like, <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to do that. Let's get a number one to who it actually belongs to. <laughs> I I don't understand everybody's fascination with the weekend. I don't. I don't either. I don't, we don't do coke. That's why. <laughs> I I was <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna say that, but like <laughs> uh, so I I am a I am gradually becoming a weekend fan. Um because when he first came out, there was that very strong association with a very particular kind of substance user, and I was like, mm, this isn't for me. Um, but after like I I will like tell my speakers like, oh, play this, play this, play this. I put on some of his music in the background and, and it got and it got beyond like the singles and got into the album stuff. I was like, oh, this isn't bad. I can see why. I can see why people yeah. like this type of stuff. Where where it where where he kind of loses me though is just kind of like this like thirst for trying to Light be approval. Yeah, like this thirst, like like he gets compared to Michael Jackson a lot. And while The Weeknd himself not, has not said outright said, yes, I am the next Michael Jackson, I feel like he is um, subconsciously chasing that. He and, did a cover of Dirty Diana. Oh, yeah, he did do that. He did do does that. Does he make any happy music? He no. Does. Yes, he does. Um, he does? That one song. The only that song one song. His, the only <laughs> song I know it is, like that I know I actually know is the one from Fifty Shades of Grey. So I so I the one song that, that got me hooked a couple of years ago, I feel it coming with Daft Punk. They used to play that on, on the R and B radio station. It's happy. I've it's heard upbeat. the song, but I couldn't tell you, I don't know the lyrics. Like I literally could not, I couldn't sing that song once. The only one I know the lyrics to that's not Dirty Diana. Is the song from Fifty Shades of Grey? You deserve it. I think it's what it's called. So that particular, so I feel it coming. That's the one where it's just like, hmm. If Michael Jackson was still alive today, I could hear him maybe doing the vibe like this. Like I, I did this. It'd be, it'd be certain songs where it's just like, hmm. You know, I, I can hear Michael maybe thinking about this. This would be like a, like a, a B side to like a major Michael Jackson song. Like mm-hmm. he, you, he does kind of give that vibe just a little bit. I think some of the comparisons are valid, but like I said, he loses me where it's just like he'd be like openly chasing those comparisons and not like trying to do your own thing. So I I I, I always lose an artist when they be like, oh yeah, I'm buying into that. Mm, just 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 yeah. I mean, his I don't understand it. Like it's just that's what he does. There's no. I don't know that his he music makes me uncomfortable. Because <laughs> you it don't. Do know. Be some of that music do be given like toxic masculinity, but like yes, <laughs> it, it it does give like. But I think I think with him though, it's just like he like he buys into that. Like he like he like he's unabashed toxic masculinity. He's just like yeah, I'm a fuck boy. What you gonna do about it? Yeah. Versus like other singers who like don't realize that they are toxic and just continue or to at be least pretend to not realize that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else is happening in the world? This is gonna be the last thing I talk about because I don't have no more energy. So our felony 
is about to be out here with a public defender because his lawyer said we don't want to be a part of this federal case that y'all about to start in August. And since he can't afford to hire another lawyer because his net worth is negative two million, he about to try to fight a federal case with a public attorney. Yeah. Well, at least for now, I'm. We'll be. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody steps up and is like, somebody "I'm going to do this case pro bono. bono, just to get the publicity." But as yeah. A, but then you know what? This is a losing case. I doubt it because it's not like it's a case like he could possibly win. No. Well, we'll see. We'll see what I they have. To pull. I can't see anybody wanting to do a pro bono because what do you gain from it? You're going to lose. Because I can see you want to do it if you... Oh, shit. I mean, even if you lost, you have your name attached to a major case. Sorry, something just hit. Like, literally in this second. Andre Leon Talley just died. Damn, man. Right. Oh, for real? Yeah, like, it literally... Uh, Like, I refreshed my screen. That was the first thing I saw. Oh, no. 76. Damn. Yeah. Oh, Anna Winter. Well, I mean, he just died in a hospital in White Plains. It's about. It's. I hate to say it. It's about right. Like, I mean, he's. He was. He's seventy three. He was seventy three. He had already been having health issues. Yeah. Damn. Oh, Lord, now I gotta tell group chats and work and. Yeah, damn. I don't mind. I don't mind telling work, but like, you know, an icon, a living legend, a true inspiration. Very much. Oh God, that means that we're gonna have to see Tyra for the next week. Yes. Oh Lord, because Tyra's gonna be every fucking where. Yeah. It's sad. That's sad. That's very sad. And you see, really was one of the first black people because I wasn't ready for it. Like, <laughs> really was one of the first black people truly making strides and pushing that way in the realm of fashion and fashion honestly, and print work. Honestly, he was the reason that I even wanted to intern at Vogue. He was the reason that I wanted to get in fashion because he was one of the only black people that I saw that wasn't a model in fashion. Period. Mm-hmm. He was. He, one of the by far one of the most talented editors brought us some probably the most iconic spreads over the years through yeah Vogue was at his best under his leadership very much so yeah editor he their best editor at large was he no he wasn't still editor at large anymore he was he's not thing he he stepped down he left Vogue in 2013 but he still did work with them especially when it came around the Met Gala and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm but he left that position in 2013. Oh, shit. That was, well. Not surprised, though. Damn. 2022 is taking this victims early, aren't she? Oof. We always got to go through that early purge in the beginning of every new year. Yeah. Damn. Oh, shit. That was a lot. Because I was literally, my screen refreshed, and that was the first thing I saw. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's, oof. Well, he's up there in the great beyond, styling Betty White and Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. And Fred Durst. 
Fred Durst is not dead. Don't say that. <laughs> to me, he is. I mean, listen, Fred Durst just came across my Instagram feed. Well, you fucking up. That's fucking up life. See? If Fred Durst popped into your Instagram, across your Instagram feed, you were doing something severely wrong. So this is why Fred Durst popped across my Instagram feed. Because I <laughs> I follow Dave Navarro and Mark McGrath. Dave Navarro, I understand. Why the fuck are you following Mark McGrath? Like, because- what is there that you could ever gain from Mark McGrath, a.k.a. Sugar and the Rays, Instagram page. I really like Sugar Ray. But bigger than that, Mark McGrath does these videos where he'll talk about random topics, why he drinks coffee, and they're quite entertaining to me. (laughs) They're very relaxing, and so they become very entertaining. So okay. that is why Fred Durst came across my Instagram feed because now Instagram does this weird thing. It's like because you follow blah blah, here's this person. It's like yeah, I, everybody, you're getting more sponsored content, even like, from people's like personal know. pages. But that is also how I found out that the lead singer of Blink One Eighty Two has cancer. I literally found that's how I found out. I didn't know he had cancer. I didn't either. Did he already have cancer? Hmm. Didn't he already? Didn't one of them? Oh no, I'm thinking of these boys. Never mind. No. Yeah, potato, potato. Yeah, no, he had cancer and like he's apparently like in remission now, but that's how I found out because of this weird feature where Instagram throws random people in your feed that you don't follow. Mm-mm. Well, how are y'all? What's been going on in your lives? How are y'all feeling? How are you feeling blessed, productive, prosperous? Are you feeling sad from the winter? Needing mm-hmm. a light box, a hug? Aaron can go first. I forgot what I was going to say for my check-in. I am feeling productive. Um, come back to me in a minute, because I had something profound that I wanted to say. I, <laughs> I really did. I really did. Um, um, damn. I what was it I was gonna say because Andre Leon Talley just kind of messed me up a little bit, so that's yeah. what I right now. So like, um, I mean, I can go first while you think about it. Yeah, let me think about it. I took a weekend off from being an adult, at least an adult with responsibilities. I took a mental health weekend. Okay. So I spent my weekend in Nashville, and. It was an enjoyable experience. I definitely got to catch up with people and, you know, kind of relax and chill out. Um, people who've been listening to this podcast for a while or who have gone back and listened to old episodes have heard the whole thing with, you know, the sister I just discovered that I had and she lives in Nashville. So we got to spend time together and it was so I'm feeling, I mean, today was extremely frustrating, but I've made a conscious decision to say there's no such thing as bad days, just bad moments. Okay, so good. It's, I'm still feeling comfortable and refreshed from my weekend and still kind of, it was, a, I was able to kind of strive through, like I let myself be upset about what the fuck was going on today. 
for a time, but I gave myself a time limit on that because it's like, I can't carry around that energy. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, this is your time to be angry. And now you have to move past it, you know? So yeah, but I'm still in a good place. And it's, it's, I've been staying in a good place more consistently since I've adopted that mentality. Okay, good. That's good. Being able to navigate through frustrating moments and say, you know what, I'm going to allow my feelings to happen and, and just ugh, yeah. focus on the bigger things in life. It's like you have your feelings, you shake them off. And then, because it's like, I think we, one thing will happen and then like, well, yeah, oh, this whole day is fucked. And it's like, is it though? Because this was one event that if you think about the grand scheme of your day, this might last four or five hours, if that. But think about the time that you're awake in a day. Does this have to ruin every moment for the rest of the day? Or can this just be something that's inconveniencing for this time? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Well, how are you feeling, Aaron? I remember what I was going to say. So, um... I was doing well. This is actually more like opposite. So I was doing well. Uh, work's been going good. Side projects been going good. Friends have been going good. One of my one of my real good friends, his birthday is coming up on February 1st. And mine is October 4th, but like it's a milestone year for both of us because we've known each other for 20 years. Uh we should. Yeah, because we met as freshmen in college. So like, um, so like all this is in mind or whatever, like all these things are going good. We we're talking about this, we we're talking about that. Um, but I got a, like, I have been trying to distance myself from a job that I quit, that I had a horrible experience at, um, that just kind of messed me up for a while. And every single time I, I get past it, I feel like I'm good. It's in my rear view. I get another reminder of it. And I did get a reminder of it. Somebody had reached out to me, asked me, like, I forgot to, like, update, like, like a profile on, on one of my public social media or whatevers. And I still had my old job listed there. And someone had found it through a search and reached out to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about applying to your employer. Can you tell me? I'd love to talk to you about it. And, like, all like the negative bad things that I was trying to move away from all of the bad experiences I had at that job it just came all rushing back and it just mm-hmm. it just canceled out like all like the good things that were like like that I was looking forward to like this year and stuff like that because I, I was having great conversations at work and like setting goals with you know the people above me and the people that report to me and all this type of stuff and so it just kind of made me realize that like, you know, I responded to this person that was asking me about it. I was just like, girl, don't, 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 don't go work there. Like, <laughs> like that's I'm it. Being, I'm just being honest, but like, yeah, it just kind of reminded me that like, I still have some work to do in terms of like, like I like, it's going to, it's still going to be a long time before I recover from this. Like, like, and I hate that it happens, but I know that I'm not alone at that. I know several people who, have had bad experiences with employers or bad bosses or whatever the case may be. And they talk about like, oh, it took me years to kind of get past this. I realized that there's a little bit of imposter syndrome going on where it's just like, 
I have this lingering, like no matter like how well I'm received in a certain space, um, I will always have this lingering, like, oh, you're not good enough because of this, or you're not, or, or something, something will always be holding me back. I do not know the tools that I need to get past that. Um, mm-hmm. there's, always, there's always therapy, but I'm just like, mm, I did that already. Like, what else is there? But um, it, it is something that, quite frankly, I am negotiating, I am navigating, and that um, I don't know when it will end, I don't know if it will ever end, but like part of this negotiation is always kind of is always going to know that like it will always like come back to me when you least expect it so um for some people it's grief some for some people it may be waves of depression it may be seasonal depression it may be something or whatever i have been fortunate enough to know how to navigate grief know how to navigate seasonal depression and just like regular everyday depression but um this particular thing is something that like i am not quite prepared for but hey part of life so well i am for the most part okay um i'm okay also kind of annoyed by um, a few situations that are happening in like my space. Not the one that we were talking about earlier. Not that one, that one's okay. But um, I'm gonna say this. I don't know what the fuck has gotten into you worthless, ungrateful bastards. No? But you all have been, <laughs> you all have been trying my nerve, my patience, um, my virtue as a grown woman, I don't like, nor do I appreciate when you punk ass, lazy ass, bald ass, dragon breath, gutter snipes, mm-hmm. decide to air your grievances on things like um, uh, social media, especially when it's a situation that does not call for nor does it ask for any aspect of your behavior or the way that you're reacting to things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray to God that he continues to anoint my, my tongue, uh, my spirit, and the way that I speak and carry myself and save you dirty, rotten, you dirty, rot, gut, low-level, punk, empty, foul, swole, pussy-ass hoes I pray that he protects mm. you so I don't send you to an early grave or back to your mama in a body bag. I am tired. I am annoyed by y'all. Y'all work my fucking, y'all work every last ounce of my nerves. And I am done being kind and sweet or done ignoring you. You fuck with people on a continuous basis, no matter how small things may be. And at some point, someone might walk up, punch you in the balls, knee you in the face, then slowly break every finger on both of your fucking hands. You disgust me. You didn't deserve the gift of life. And this is proof that your mother, the ugly, whorish sow that bore you into this world, has no respect for the gift of life and had no balls gumption uh no balls no gumption no audacity 
no capability to take accountability for the actions in raising you in the way she, that she has deemed to be acceptable. Because if she had, she would have took you out, out back, put you in a burlap sack, and bust you in the head till you stop moving. Ooh, You're disgusted. I'm tired. I am tired. Life is already hard enough, let alone trying to tiptoe, tip the fuck toe around you, dumb, ugly, saggy titty, mm. cottage cheese, pimento cheese, tombs, apple cider, washed cheese, pussy ass bitches. And on top of that, your breath smells like goat piss, burning hell. So that's where I'm at. Oh. Okay. Um, I am tired. I had a conversation earlier today with a good friend of mine who filled me in on some blanks. And there are a few people in this world that have been causing and wreaking havoc who have tried it a few times in the past with me, but has been remained quiet and cool, but is now attempting to do these things to others. And it is not okay. And you are too big and too dumb and too grown for that. You are playing with fire. You are playing punk ass, pussy ass, childish ass games with a group of people who graduated out of that ripely and quickly at the age of 18 because we learned if we played these games, there's a possibility that we might get our asses whooped. Mm -hmm. You need to grow up and I'm sick of you. All I want is snacks. I just want to, I want snacks and I want, I want to watch Drag Race and I want to play Uno on my phone. That is all I want. Stay away from me. Also on that note too, for all you raggedy bitches whose entire identity is your career, fuck you. You are caping for an industry that in a heartbeat will either dismiss you toss you away or chew you up and spit you the fuck ass out grow up get a fucking hobby and get some goddamn fucking therapy you dumb bitch so that is that's my week there hmm. and he know who he is hmm. <laughs> all right well there's that on that note <laughs> on that real. note uh, I hope y'all come back after that thorough cussing out. Like <laughs> that wasn't even a cussing out. Oh, it, it it was something there. There was there was a lot of of things that I wasn't even Fuck talking that about. Guy. Me, but I felt stabbed. Fuck me. that guy. Fuck everything he stands for. And fuck the barren wound bitch that he just so happened oh. so happened to be a quote unquote blessing to. Oh, her blessing. I'll curse the fuck on. All right. That's why you barren, bitch. Because oh. this boy has rotted I'm your wound. I can't. I, <laughs> yes, I'm saying I can't do it. And that's giving Little House on the chair. <laughs> it is. Like, you have to stop saying it. <laughs> on that note, I want to bid all of you a well and blessed weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll be praying for each and every one of you and for myself a lot along the way. Um, remember, you can click the links in all of our bios for every single solitary thing that we do. 
And on that note, yeah, we'll just bid y'all a goodbye. And if you try and run up on me, bitch, I'm going to beat your ass. Somebody said, when a, wait a minute. Somebody said it's time for some of the old white people to die again. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Remember Oscar's so white, death's so white. Somebody oh, said, no. All right. Nope. We're done. Bye, y'all. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no, death. <laughs>